All right, so go. what are you buying tonight? I am buying Dogman for my little nephew, Zephyr, who lives in Florida, because I am the aunt who buys him books since he was, like, born. Um, currently, I am buying a Warriors book for my daughter. Um, she's in second grade, and she loves uh, the Warriors book and the Wings of Fire books. They're her first chapter books that she actually can, like, pay attention to. Yeah. I'm buying the book, We Disagree About This Tree, for my two-year-old granddaughter who lives in... Georgia. Well, you know, I, I bought this book that I heard um, them speak. David Quammen, um, he spoke two nights ago at the museum about his book, The Heartbeat of the Wild. And I thought it would be amazing to um, get this book for my husband. Hey, everybody. I'm Neil. And I'm Kat. And this is Writing Matters, the podcast where we discuss writing in the real world. Writing Matters is a podcast produced by Writing Coaches of Montana a literacy and education nonprofit here in Western Montana. Check us out at writingcoachesofmontana.org. For this episode, we recorded live uh, the intro live at Chapter One Bookstore in Hamilton, Montana, back in December. Yeah, the intro featured the voices of Alexis Wheat, Katie Bloomingdale, Marianne Darby, and Jenny West all talking about why they were there that night. Yeah, and we are going to break this episode down into two parts. Of this first one, again, being live from Chapter One Bookstore, uh, where we talk to um, a couple people local to Hamilton. Um, yeah, we can look forward to uh, you and our yeah. executive director, Cassie Sheets, talking kind of about just about, I don't know, your, your take on storytelling and how it affected your life. And then we go into a few local people, Mara Luther and her daughter. Yes, and her daughter was incredible to talk to. The highlight of my night was right. talking to her daughter. So. Yeah, I didn't get to be there, but it was it was it was good to hear. And then we go into an interview with Randy Lint, who is um, he has an interesting life story, and all of the chapters of his life have included some kind of writing and storytelling. And uh, he um, he currently is the owner uh, of Big Creek Coffee Roasters, which is kind of kitty corner if you've ever been to Hamilton across from chapter one yeah and it was really interesting talking to aunt randy about how storytelling and writing helps him as a local businessman and um, allows him to really connect with his customers then uh episode two will feature uh professor kate shanley who is a professor emeritus of native american studies at u of m and cassie sat down and kind of had a long conversation with her about this topic Absolutely. And so um, we keep alluding to this topic, <laughs> right? Um, the thread that's tying all of these uh, interviews together is um, we just wanted to discuss uh, seasonal storytelling and the way that um, uh, like oral traditions or traditions of um, returning to a particular story during specific parts of the year help us connect as humans and as community members. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you get confused, dear listeners, we um, did start recording back in December, way back in the beginning of December was our first recording and people were out holiday shopping and thinking about gifts. So don't don't be confused. This is a, a, an episode that is like two months in the making. And then, um, of course, we'll release part two shortly after. Yeah. But I mean, uh Winter is, you know, these colder months are really a time uh, where people have always kind of hunkered down and sat around the fire and listened to each other spin yarns. So I think that this works as just a winter 
episode yeah. in general. It doesn't yeah. have to be about a specific holiday or anything like that. Right. Perfect. And, you know, it's been well below zero in the last <laughs> few days. And it makes sense functionally why people would take this time of the year to not only just reflect but be together inside. And, you know, stories can help pass the time, pass traditions. It makes sense. There's a reason we evolved to uh, socialize the way we did, for yeah. sure. And then that reason is negative temperatures. <laughs> okay, well, without any further introduction, I think we're ready to hear you and, and Cassie kick off the, the live portion and hear some interviews that you guys did. Let's do it. Okay. Have fun, everybody. Hi, Writing Matters community. Um, I'm your host, Kat, and I'm here with our very special guest host, Cassie Sheets. Cassie, do you want to introduce yourself? I am so excited to be here at Chapter One Bookstore in Hamilton with Kat tonight. My name is Cassie Sheets. I'm the Executive Director of Writing Coaches of Montana, and we are doing a very fun live podcast recording. As you can tell, we have real auditory background with real life humans enjoying this bookstore, as we should, because tonight is a really fun live window recording, and we wanted to be part of the community fun. So Kat and I are going to be talking about storytelling during this season tonight. We are so excited to be here at Chapter One. They are a great community partner for us and just a wonderful business. Um, it's just got great energy in here. And actually, one of our volunteers, Russ, uh, was the founder of it, which is super exciting. Shout out to Russ. I think that um, we're just in the perfect moment in the perfect space to talk about seasonal storytelling. I used to work in a bookstore called the Children's Bookshop, which was around for 43 years in Brookline, Massachusetts. And I can tell you, December is the time that fuels bookstores economic thriving throughout the entire year. And it's just a really fun time. And you can tell by the energy of everyone coming together and sort of, oh yeah, remember the bookstore during the holiday giving season. That's where they come together to perpetuate story, to perpetuate culture, to give gifts that are meaningful beyond something you consume quickly. Something about passing it on to new generations across time and space that's just extremely exciting. And so I think it's the perfect place for us to be talking about storytelling tonight. I absolutely agree. Um, I shared a quote when I was talking with Neil about uh, how families are tied together through stories and how it was the first thing and it will be the last thing that holds us together and makes us human, um, makes us family. And I just think that that's so beautiful. Um, and like you said, Cassie, talking about stories not being something that is consumed quickly and then set aside, uh, stories really stay with you. And I think that everyone could, even if they're not readers, even if they're not big, you know, TV, movie, whatever, uh, people, I'm positive that everyone in the world could point to one story that really touched them and really changed their worldview a little bit. Um, so yeah, it is just an incredibly meaningful gift. Um, Kat, what's that story for you? Oh, you had to man. choose one. I had to choose one. Uh, I remember maybe the first book as a child that I was just enamored with, um, was maybe The Secret Garden. Mm. Um, and just this idea of having this place of like lush natural beauty that was hidden away. That really appealed to me. What about you, Cassie? Oh, man, I could go on and on, right? I'm sure we both could. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to seasonal storytelling, yeah. the thing that I love about it, and I'm pretty much a children's literature nerd. I used to be in the publishing industry. There's something really special about read-alouds. Yeah. 
because they inherently are a social experience, right? You might have a child in front of you that can't read for themselves and that might be part of the motivation for a read aloud, but there's also a hearkening back to oral storytelling, a time even before printed word in some cases where poetry and sound and rhythm helped us understand and remember and memorize these ways of knowing that we're kind of passing on our cultural knowledge. So not to be cliche, you know, the night before Christmas yeah, <laughs> really does something mm -hmm. for me. I mean, personally, I think that one was special because, you know, the rest of the season, we picked up any book at any time and we were mm -hmm. reading, like where we were reading family, my 20 month old, I'm giving her a book a day for Advent. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a cultural thing. But with the night before Christmas, I feel like a lot of people, including my family, we held off until Christmas Eve mm -hmm. because there was this very special moment where either you were probably reading it from a book or had memorized it and speak it out loud. It's almost like it's this moment in between, okay, we've been thinking about this holiday and now this is the real moment where we're going to transition into this. And then the children get nestled, right? It's like mm -hmm. a it's sleep time story, yeah. essentially, of all these fun things are going to happen tonight, but then eventually you kind of you go back to bed and you're just, you know, dreams of sugar plums and all that kind of stuff. So not only personally was that a super important family story, but oof, Kat, this is one of the top five moments in my life. I used to be the volunteer coordinator at the Pavarello Center, the local right. homeless shelter yeah. in Missoula. And one night I was uh, there for Christmas Eve with my then boyfriend, now husband, and my father. And we were volunteering, giving out dinner for everyone on Christmas Eve. And you know, as you can imagine, a bustling, hundreds of people in a homeless shelter, it, it the volume is just huge, right? It's almost like a roar, a constant roar of just things happening and different conversations happening and just people in and out. And, and in the middle of dinner, I kind of turned to a few folks who were regulars and I said, should I read the night before Christmas? I have it right here, it's Christmas Eve. And they were like, absolutely. So I started reading it aloud, kind of using my teacher voice, and it caught attention enough that all of a sudden, a couple paragraphs in, you could hear a pin drop in this huge kitchen of hundreds of people. And it literally looks like a Charles Dickens novel. I mean, mm -hmm. there's just, this was the older shelter before the newer one, and it was just filled with people who on, you know, on, on the edge of survival. And you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and that's definitely challenged. And by the way, that has indigenous roots, and it's a little bit misunderstood. It's more about community. Because just because you don't have housing doesn't mean you don't need story. Yeah. In that moment, you might need story more than anything. Yeah. So there's this silence as I'm reading this, you know, picture book out loud to these people that means so much more. I had a man come up to me. I mean, there's a huge applause at the end, not because of me, but because of what it meant to have this moment together. Mm -hmm in some people's toughest times in their life. Yeah. A guy come up, came up to me afterwards and he said he'd never heard it before and how much it meant to him. And then I went into the other room and an older gentleman who was in a wheelchair couldn't come into the kitchen. He was in a separate area. And he um, said, oh, would you read it to me again? Because I didn't hear it. And I sat down next to him and I read it again. And he started crying. And he said, my grandfather used to read that to me the night before Christmas. And again, this man was probably in his 60s, 70s, obviously in a very rough time in his life. So I just think it's fascinating that these stories that we relegate to sort of childhood, especially around the giving season, bring us together in such a deeper way than we even expect. We're also shortly going to be talking to one of our sponsors, Randy, who owns a Big Creek Coffee Company here in Hamilton, where we are... Uh, recording right now in chapter one bookstore in case anyone forgot um 
And yeah, Cassie, do you want to tell them a little bit about our partnership with Randy? Absolutely. He's such a great community partner, not just for us, but for many nonprofit causes. Big Creek Coffee Roaster started in Hamilton and now has a branch in Missoula as well. Um, not only is he sponsoring this episode about seasonal storytelling, and in a little bit we're going to hear from him from a small business owner's perspective of how you do storytelling and some of your marketing and bringing people together around gift giving and all that kind of stuff, um, but he is just such a generous supporter of Writing Coaches of Montana in general and often supports us through making sure that we are nice and caffeinated yes. <laughs> during our coaching sessions, which we appreciate. <laughs> we are also currently both drinking Big Creek coffee <laughs> uh, drinks. It is 5.39 p.m. at night. <laughs> this was a good choice. <laughs> Indeed, always. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Kat. Uh, I am here again with Cassie, our executive director in Chapter One Bookstore, and also our sponsor, Randy. Randy, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name's Randy Lint. I am uh, owner of Big Creek Coffee Roasters, which is right across the street from where we're sitting right now at my favorite bookstore, Chapter One Books. Um, yeah, that's who I am. I'm happy to be here talking with you tonight. We so appreciate you, Randy. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to hear from you. So as, well, first of all, you have an interesting career path when it comes to writing and communication. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about what route you took to get to where you're at today? I would love to. And I'm going to start by saying that I have a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old uh, ch children, and uh, they're always feeling a lot of pressure that they should know what the heck they're going to do with their lives. Mm. And I keep telling them that they don't have to have it all figured out at that age. So I have a three-part career arc. I'm 55 now. When I was a teenager, I was a music fanatic, and I studied really hard. I went to undergrad school to study music. So my first career, in quotes, unquotes, is, was as a musician. Um, had a great time doing that, worked really hard at it, but realized at some point that I wasn't going to be able to make a living at it because... There, it's a big world out there, and there's a lot of people with a lot more talent than I have. Um, so the second phase of my life, I decided to go to law school. And I did that partly because I didn't know what else to do, and also partly because I was a good student, and the idea of studying law seemed interesting to me. So did that at the university in Missoula. Um, got out of there and practiced law for 15 years. And the first 10 were great, and the last five were a little bit less than great for me. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped that I would enjoy it. And I found that I was um, taking my clients' problems home with me at night. I wasn't very good at switching off. Um, so anyway, I, I was approaching the age of 40 and looking for something else to do. And I stumbled into coffee um, as a hobby, actually. So, I, you know, internet was kind of newish, and I was fiddling around on the internet and I found out that there's this whole subculture of people that roast their own coffee for hobbies at home. And I thought that sounded really fun. So I started doing that and uh, really was uh, excited about the results I was seeing from roasting at home and uh, started giving coffee to friends and family at the holidays. And somewhere along the line, an idea started to percolate, sorry, pun, pun intended. <laughs> that maybe I could make a business out of it. Sorry, that was a really long answer to a short question. No, it's fantastic. But Honestly, I think students would love hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if anything, my message to people is you just don't know where you're going to end up. And 
it's probably a good idea to keep your eyes and ears and options open because for me, I really don't have any regrets and I feel like I've landed where I'm supposed to land. Well, here's a self-serving question that I'm really going to toss a softball over here. It sounds like you've used writing a lot and communication to get where you are. Can you talk to us about how do you use writing today and how, sure. especially, you know, we're talking about seasonal storytelling in this episode. Okay. As a small business owner, I read your newsletters. I know you're crafting a story out there. What kind of skills are you putting to work? Jeez, it's a great <laughs> question. I will say why I like communicating and writing is it gives me an opportunity to slow down and, and try to present this, the message or the story that I'm trying to get across. And I'm not really great at thinking on my feet. Uh, my wife was also an attorney, now a judge. She is like lightning quick. She can answer any question under any amount of pressure. But for me, being able to slow down a little bit and think through what I want to say and how I want to say it, uh, allows me to communicate much more clearly and effectively. And the way that translates into a business sense is it's more than anything, it's, it's a marketing in the broadest sense of the term. But the way I like to approach marketing is I'm usually speaking to people who are already our customers and I'm usually trying to build relationships with them. Um, when I first started the coffee shop, I was in there all day, every day, interacting with people all the time. But as we have grown, I've, my time is now spent doing boring CEO you know, stuff and payroll and roasting the actual coffee and things like that. So I don't get the face-to-face the -face with people that I used to. So the way that I maintain and nurture relationships with them is, is through the written word. Awesome. Kat, what about you? Have any questions for Randy? Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, Cassie and I are both currently drinking Big Green Coffee. <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't keep you up all night. Well, we kind of do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so looking at your uh, like seasonal menu that you have in there, I feel like there's almost a story being told with that. What kind of uh, thought do you put into putting out your menus? Great question, Kat. The thought I put into it is hire carefully. <laughs> I am pretty much, I'm almost completely hands-off now with the seasonal menu. So we have an operations manager. Her name's Gabby Ely. She's been with us for five or six years now. And she is super engaged and interested in coming up with those seasonal menus. And I have made that, I mean, I have not made that. I have given that completely over to her. Um... So it's kind of a non-answer answer, but yeah, hi okay. hire somebody that has the passion for doing that. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a pretty boring coffee guy. I like black coffee. I like single origin coffee. I like to find the fancy stuff from the specific farms. And I do like to know the story of the person who grew it. But when it comes to um, sweetened and flavored stuff, it's really not my personal interest. So. I think you bring up a great point, though. Sometimes we were talking earlier people perceive writing or even story consumption to be a solo act. When it comes to business, when it comes to running a nonprofit, you know it's a team effort, okay. right? Yeah. Everyone's contributing sure. to the messages that you're putting across about your organization and how you want to be building community in that. So I think you're really speaking to the fact that when it, when it comes to bigger stories of trying to achieve a goal, whether it's growing a business or growing the impact of a nonprofit, you have to rely on a sense of each other, right? Sure. And so I think that just means you're good at your job. <laughs> you can't storytell alone, right? <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, we are constantly talking with writing coaches. That's part of what our model relies sure. on, uh, the fact that writing is a collaborative process and it's not something that you do alone in an ivory tower, you know. Um, and I think with uh, seasonal storytelling, that is even more true this time of year. Uh, you are telling stories directly to your audience, like Cassie was talking about with um, The Night Before Christmas, correct? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a very closed circuit, uh, you know, this time of year. Um, but you mentioned talking about uh, knowing the stories of the people who grow the coffee that you roast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Could you talk a little bit about that? I think that's so beautiful that there's that connection. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would love to talk about that. So um, <clears throat> let's see. Within, within the coffee industry, there are a number of different ways that you can source and obtain the coffee that, that you're going to roast for your customers. Um, generally speaking, the larger the, the company, like a McDonald's or a Starbucks, because they're purchasing in such huge volume, it's very rare for them to get coffees from a specific farm or even a specific area in a specific country. But when you're small and nimble like us, um, we buy our coffee in such small quantities that very often we can develop relationships with these growers that go on year after year after year. So I've got a number of different coffees where I haven't been able to visit the farms yet, but I'm basically just one step removed from that. The people that I buy from who are based in the United States make sure that they get to these farms every year, uh, talk to the farmers, help and consult with them and help them so that they can improve the quality of their coffee or improve their their approach to agriculture so that they're using less or no chemicals. Um, Anyway, for me, it just feels good because it's like, even though they're thousands of miles away, it's one small business dealing with one, another small business and we're mutually dependent. You know, they, they know that they can count on us to buy their coffee next year and the year after. And that gives them an incentive to, honestly, in Central America, where we get so much of our stuff just to keep growing coffee because it's, it's a tough, tough business. Well, we don't want to take up all of your evenings, so I've got one more question sure. for you. If you could choose one title that kind of encapsulates your family's seasonal time together, one book, what's something that you either loved reading to your kids when they were growing up or something that you always want to pass down? Or, And it doesn't have to be a written title necessarily. It could be like a family story, anything that kind of just is like, oh, yeah, we always talk about that one, right? <laughs> you got anything good? Thinking of the movie Christmas Story. Awesome. Which everyone has seen a million times. <laughs> but when my kids were little, we really enjoyed watching that with them. I think maybe we've probably seen it 20 or 30 times now, and it's lost a little bit of its shine. But that is that was something that was always dear to us. And, uh, yeah, for I haven't trying to relate it to storytelling and and writing and it's really for us it's about being in the same room together and laughing about stupid things oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely we're going to do a trial run this sunday my kids both go to school in missoula they're going to come down for sunday dinner and we're going to do christmas cookies which we haven't done in i don't know how many years probably 10 years so i'm looking forward to that oh we're so happy for you randy and we just want to thank you again for being an amazing wcm supporter and upstanding community member in general yeah thank you you guys are doing i'm happy to support thank you so much yeah Yeah, thank you hey guys it's kat again i am still live at chapter one bookstore and i have some very special guests for you would you like to introduce yourselves 
I'm Mara Luther, and I'm one of the owners here at Chapter One Bookstore. And I'm Michaela Downing, Mara's um, daughter. Yeah, and we are so excited to have them here. Uh, first of all, we are so grateful for you, Chapter One, partnering with Writing Coaches of Montana this month. Um, we are such a big fan of your bookshop. I try to stop in here every time I'm in Hamilton. We love it. And you have been such a wonderful partner to us. So thank you for that. Oh, sure. We're big fans of your work. So thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, yeah. So we would just like to hear about what your favorite story as a family is during this time of year, during the winter months. I was trying to think about that, Michaela. And the one thing that I can think that we watch every single year, what is it? Arthur Christmas. It's Arthur Christmas. It's our favorite Christmas movie, I think. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about what it's about? It's about Santa. It's like it's about Christmas mm -hmm. with Santa, but it's like a, the next generation of Santa. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got Arthur and his older brother, and they are trying to figure out who's the next Santa because Santa's gonna be retiring soon. Mm -hmm. And, like, something weird goes on, and one of the kids' presents gets, like, not there anymore. Yeah, it, like, falls so it doesn't get delivered. It doesn't get delivered in time. So Arthur goes on this crazy adventure of get, for, to, give, to get the bike back. Bike back. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this is the one that we just love watching year after year? It's hilarious! <laughs> It is. It's pretty funny. It's voice. All the voice actors are British actors, and it has some funny elves. And yeah, we just love it. I think we also like that it has sort of it has all the traditional things about Santa, like this that talks about the sleigh and the reindeer. But then it also has high tech, new technology stuff like that. And you and I talk about. <laughs> I think we have our own conversations around the things that I remember growing up versus the things that are available now as far as technology goes. And you consider yourself kind of a tech kid, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting how storytelling can spur that kind of conversation between generations and for reflection in the way that's beautiful. Um, thank you guys so much for sharing. You gave me a great recommendation for a movie. I'm going to go have to check that out now. We highly recommend it. Arthur yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Excellent. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? Um, not much, even though I am writing my own book. <gasps> Let's hear about it. Okay, so I've already finished book one, and I'm working on book two. Book one is called The Last Dragon, and it is really interesting. I've added a lot of details and pictures in it. And book two is called The Mystic Tree. It is about this magical tree and this crazy adventure of how to beat Bowser. <laughs> Dude, no way. You are a kid after my own heart. I think that's so cool. Um, do you do your own illustrations? Mm -hmm. That's excellent. That's so cool. And how old are you? I'm 10. Amazing. That's so, <laughs> you're going to go far. That is so cool. Yes, we think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Check out in about 10 years. What's your name again? Michaela. Michaela. Check out Michaela's work in about 10 years. That's It'll be right. here at chapter one. <laughs> we'll have a signing. Yes. <laughs> thank okay. you. Yeah, thank you guys. That concludes part one of winter seasonal storytelling. Thank you everyone who's uh, returned from episode one. And if this is your first time listening to our podcast, 
welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, check us out. Episode one was fun. We did that one on AI. So if that's your jam, go check it out. And uh, I think we're just going to end with some words from one of the people we spoke with that night when we were recording in chapter one. Oh, and, really, oh no, we're not. Really quickly. We're going to thank some people. That's what we're going to do. We just want to really quickly say thank you to uh, Big Creek Coffee Company and Randy. He is a big sponsor of Writing Coaches of Montana. I, as the program coordinator, often bring my volunteers coffee that he has donated to us when we're uh, working in schools early in the morning. So thank you to them. You can find his coffee in person on the corner of 3rd and Main in Hamilton, Montana, or on Russell Street here in Missoula, where we're recording right now. So you remember to check us out at writingcoachesofmontana.org. Uh, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And what else, man? I don't know. We need like a catchy little thing to say at the end of the episode. Um, writing does matter. Writing does matter. <laughs> peace, <laughs> peace and love, everyone. Bye. Peace and love. I always buy books for well, pretty much everyone I know because I'm the book grandma and book auntie and book mama. Um, I was just talking to one of my sons who is 35 now and asking him what book he wanted for Christmas because books are the best. I actually met a book aunt earlier tonight. Do you did? Yeah, she described herself as a book aunt and I pointed yeah. you out. Okay. And said I she's a book aunt as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's a it's a type. It is. Um, Why do you give people books? Because books open open you up to different worlds. You can be in someone else's footsteps. You can be in another time or place. You can make you laugh or cry or say, whoa, I didn't know that. Um, they're important. Um, and touching pages of a book, this one that I bought, What's it is, called? It, we disagree about this tree by Ross Collins. And it, the colors are wonderful. The words rhyme, um, and my girls love books that, that are just fun and funny. Um, the five-year-old is reading full-on now. I got her a book, a set of ten books about the kingdom of Renly for Christmas because they're readers, and I want everybody to be a reader because it's magical. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for listening to episode one. As we said earlier, it's uh, a two-part series. So next thing you do is you go right back to where you got this episode and find part two of Seasonal Storytelling. Thanks for listening.